Welcome to the Church of the Living God Mount Sterling podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. For more information about our church, follow us on Facebook by searching for our page, Church of the Living God Mount Sterling. We would love to connect with you, pray with you, and hear what God is doing in your life. Now grab your Bibles and let's get into God's Word. If you've got your Bibles, let's go to 2 Kings 21. 2 Kings 21. For some reason, this story has just been in my spirit for, for weeks now. And I wasn't sure what he wanted to do with it. But this morning he said to preach it. 2 Kings 21. And I'm going to preach very quickly. 2 Kings 21 verse 1 says this. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Hephzibah. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. After the abominations and the, of the heathen whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. Listen to this. For he built up again the high places with which Hezekiah his father had destroyed. And he reared up altars of Baal and made grave and, and made a grove as did Ahab king of Israel. And he worshipped all the host of heaven and served them. He didn't just worship them but he served them. Okay, so they became his master. Verse 4, listen to this. And he built altars in the house of the Lord, which were for the Lord said, In Jerusalem I will put my name. Verse 5, and he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. So he's building false worship to false gods in the house of the Lord. Okay? When it introduces it, it said he did evil in the sight of the Lord. I'm going to preach a message today by the authority of the kingdom of God called Never Too Far. Never Too Far. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I, I not only acknowledge your presence here, but I surrender to it. And I honor you, God. You're so good to come and to dwell with us, Lord. And I thank you for doing it. And I encourage you to do it every time, Father God. I thank you for the healings that took place, the words that were given, the supernatural healings, the, the, the wounds in hearts that people cannot see, but you, the Lord, see, and you also come and heal those. God, I ask for the unction and the utterance of your spirit as I bring forth this word that we may realize that we need to know that there is no one that is ever too far for you. So we give you the glory and we give you the honor. And the church said amen and amen. So something, when, when, we, when we desire to win a city, you know, that's the whole thing of, of Church of the Living God as a whole, is, is our desire is to win the city. We believe that a church who effectively walks in the kingdom of God, with the kingdom of God, by the kingdom of God, has the authority, and not only the authority, but the capacity to change the city that we're in. But we got to realize that if we're going to try to win a city in its whole, right, Mount Sterling is, is, is roughly 6,900, 7,000 people. I believe the county now is up to about 24,000 people. So if we're going to effectively change the atmosphere and win people and win the city for Jesus Christ, we're going to encounter some people who are evil in the sight of the Lord. We are going to encounter people in our workplace. Now listen to me, I'm going to get up in your business. We're going to encounter people in the house of God. 
They've been in church their whole lives, and they are evil in the sight of the Lord. Jesus' scars were placed on him by the church. The people said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he. The same crowd and the church of that day said, crucify, crucify, crucify. The Romans did their bidding, but the church crucified Christ. And he brought resurrection out of it. So we've got to understand that there are people that we are going to be involved with. There's people that we're going to have to interact with with there's people that we are going to have to befriend there's people that we as a body are going to have to serve who are evil in the sight of the lord who tell me that doesn't make sense in modern day church right because we say that christ has come to save the righteous and keep them righteous but the church should be a rehabilitation center the church should be a place as a hospital that we tend to the wounds and we care for the wounds and we're not caring to get the credit. We just want them to see that there is a God that says, man, it's never too far from me. Manasseh's dad was Hezekiah, who was a righteous king. His, his grandfather was Uzziah. In Isaiah chapter 6, they call it the calling of Isaiah. He literally says, in the, king you, the, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Meaning he was weeping. Isaiah had relationships with kings. Hezekiah was righteous. Hezekiah, his father, tore down false worship. And his son comes in and rebuilds them. That's who Manasseh is. When Manasseh, he, he's, he's also in Kings and he's also in Chronicles. And we're going to go over to Chronicles. But when it talks about the lineage of the kings, when it finishes talking about Manasseh, it just says and he was wicked, he was evil, and then he died. That's all it said. That was his M.O. Okay? And listen to the things he did that accomplished that. And he made his sons pass through the fire. And he observed times. And he used enchantments. And he dealt with familiar spirits and, wi and wizards. And he wrought much wickedness in the, in the sight of the Lord and provoked him to anger. He would literally perform rituals on his children to walk by the fire. They, they walked for, was it Molech, I believe, was that God. That literally, they, they, they passed through the fire. Tell you what, what it's called in modern day, it's called abortion. Where we have our kids. Have you ever seen that little picture? of the little baby in the womb and there's a huge scissor and the baby is crawling up the umbilical cord saying, Mommy, I'm sorry. I was in a church service and I was preaching and something came up about the blood that literally those babies are crying out in the womb. We're listening to me. They're, they're, not, they're not just being taken out. They're being obliterated. They're being absolutely dismantled. That's what an abortion is. We've got to get that in our head because it's worth fighting for. And I'm preaching and I'm preaching. But all of a sudden something in my spirit rose up and I said, but if you have ever had an abortion... The Lord says he loves you. 
that he, he, he loves you and he wants you in his kingdom. A young girl came to the altar. Later she wrote me on Facebook that she had an abortion before and she's trying to come to God, but she felt like God would never want her. But that day God said, I want you, honey. I need you in my, my kingdom. You're never too far, church. That's why we have the audacity to say we're going to win the city. But Patrick, there's too much wickedness. Listen, it's never too far for God. This boy tortured his children. He hurt his own kids. And his dad was righteous. His dad was literally declared, the Lord says, you shall die, Hezekiah. It says Hezekiah, the, Isaiah the prophet walks in. Hey, king. Hey, prophet. What's going on? You're going to die. Thanks, prophet. It says Hezekiah turned to the wall and he began to pray unto the Lord. Isaiah goes down. He goes out to the foyer, goes out to the car. says he's in the middle of the courtyard. The Lord says, stop and go prophesy to Hezekiah. He walks back. It says, the Lord has heard you and is adding 15 years to your life. Oh, we never too far. We're never too far, church. How's going to be the sign? Do you want the sun to come this way or this way? That's who God is. Which way do you want me to move the sun? Hezekiah went, well, it's natural for it to come this way. How about we move it back this way? Done. The sundial on the steps of the house of God, the sun moved backwards. Manasseh heard about that. Manasseh maybe saw that happen. But I want everybody here to know that we each work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Ezekiel, Elise, and Isaiah, they will stand before the Lord. And they cannot declare their daddy's calling. They will have to stand before the Lord on their calling and their obedience to the word. Am I going to raise them up in church? Yes, I am. Am I going to teach them the ways of the Lord? Yes, I am. Am I going to paddle that tail? Yes, I am. Am I going to love them when they're hurting? Yes, I am. When they cry, when they run to me, am I going to catch them? Yes, I am. But we have to realize that we have to walk before the Lord. Manasseh saw these things. He heard about these things. And he made his children walk through fire. That's who we're dealing with. Sometimes in church, if you're really going to do the work of the kingdom of God, you've got to step out of the easy crowd. And you got to step into the dark places of the earth. You got to step into places. I, I was, the last time I went to Africa was in Ethiopia, and and so we get there and we're sitting at a little cafe, and the and the service, the the night uh, crusade service is is that evening, and we're sitting there, and Per Akvis, who who has been here, was was sitting there talking. Uh, Brother Mike, right here, amazing, powerful man of God. He was with me. He was beside me. He performed miracles at that crusade. We were sitting at this table, and Pear's discussing, yes, the, Pear's from Sweden. So he kind of talks like this, you know, 
And so he's discussing the crusade. And he says, now the city that we're in is bound in witchcraft. And I went, well, that's great. And then he said, the reason you're here is to break the witchcraft. I said, okay, let's do it. So we start, we start moving. It's the, it's the dry season. We have our crusades usually earlier in the year because that's the dry season. Because their wet season ain't the, ain't the tinkles of rain we get here. It's real rain all the time. So we begin, we begin to, to, to move in the crusade. I think at that time there was maybe 1,500, 2,000 people in the field. And we're preaching the gospel and big storm clouds roll in. Now, when you're walking a day to these services, rain says, man, I got to go. So we see people start kind of looking up. They're, they're looking up and come, some kind of start moving towards the back. And just right out of my spirit, I said, man, it, the Bible says that clouds and thick darkness surround him. And I speak to the clouds. Mike was standing right there. We all lifted up our hands, faced the clouds. The clouds broke. That was the first miracle we saw. There was a service two days later that I am preaching. My head, literally, it felt like there was a knife in my temple. I was almost, my, my vision was almost blurry. And I was preaching and preaching. And, and there, man, you don't give them no cookie cutter 10 minute message. Then people walked a day, maybe two days to get there. They need to get all the Jesus they can. And that's why we're there. We don't break chains of the strongholds of the enemy preaching a, a, a cutty-cutter gospel. We've got to come with the authority of God. And my head was piercing. And literally, I, I finished the message. And then and Brother Hilo comes up and he speaks in their language talking about the, the altar call that's about to be performed. I literally sit down. I grab Mike. I said, Mike, you have got to pray. I'm about to die. I could feel the witchcraft binding. And Mike laid hand on me. I think he put his forehead right to my head and says, we break this God. We, that's how he prays. He goes, we break this God. And it broke. See, this is the stuff that we might have to deal with here. Listen to me, church. There's times where we're going to see people at this altar, and they're gonna, their backs are going to bow up, and it's going to look like there's foam in their mouth, and they're going to be growling like animals. But let me tell you something. There is a God that rescues because nobody is too far. Manasseh was the epitome of the United States of America. We have our kids walking through fire. We do evil in the sight of the Lord. We rather please men and groups than a God who loves us and sent his son to die. But now the church is arising up and it ain't coming from Pennsylvania Avenue. It's coming from the throne room of God because that's where we are. Nobody is ever too far. God is chasing us. Sometimes I feel he is chasing after us. We have not chosen him. He has chosen us. And he set a graven image of the grove in, in, in that he had made in his house, of which the Lord said to David and to Solomon his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. Verse 9 says this, but they hearkened not 
and Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than did the nations whom the Lord destroyed. This is God's people, and they're doing more wickedness than the other nation. When Paul in 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, examine yourself to see whether you still be in the faith. He's not just preaching good church. He is calling you and I to a different standard. Now listen to me. We are not better than anybody. But we better be different. They have got to be able to see who's of God and who's not. Because that's what Christ came to do. He says you are a peculiar people. Meaning yeah you might be a little odd. Who knows that at work I'm a little odd. Who knows at the grocery store I'm a little odd. Let's be real. On our ministry team who knows I'm a little odd. Everywhere I go in the world, I stand in the circle that I'm probably the little odd one. People come up to me and they go, you are crazy. I said, my wife says that. What do you mean? We have got to be different. Because when we encounter the ones that are never too far what Sister Nisha was talking about, will they see the light in us? Will they be able to feel the feathers of the Father's wings over us? They did more wickedness, and that's the tough part. Is sometimes now, these days, we don't know what's the church and what's not. Because there is no revelation of the kingdom. So when people actually start walking in the kingdom authority, we think they're a cult. We think, oh, those are crazy. They're talking about apostles and prophets. And those are things that Jesus gave us. No one is ever too far. But if we are going to be a real church, and I'm sick of saying effective church. I'm talking about the real church. We're going to have to encounter people who are in total bondage. But something in us radiates hope. Something in us radiates something that says, man, I need what they have. And then we have to freely give it. Because we freely receive. I need you to look at the people in your family. I need you to look at the people in your work. I need you to look at the people in your city and just say, oh, man, they are not too far. Oh, you don't understand, Patrick. No, 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 no. You don't understand. The gospel is so powerful. Let's go to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles 33. Like I said, this story is in both of those books. Hallelujah. 2 Chronicles 33, verse 10. And the Lord spake to Manasseh and to his people, but they would not hearken. Wherefore the Lord brought upon them the, the captains of the host of the king of Assyria, which, Manasseh, uh, which took Manasseh among thorns and bound him with fetters and carried him to Babylon. God is love. But also, God is not mocked. If you're going to sow and sow and sow into the flesh, guess what happens? You reap, you reap, you reap in the flesh. Kimberly and I are very transparent. Before we were married, I gave myself away. Sadly, I gave myself away. 
there were things that I showed before I got married that her and I had to reap together. Her having thoughts of, is he comparing me to other women? We had to battle through that in marriage. Why? Because God didn't just go, poof, it's gone. No. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. But when we reaped it, when we encountered that, God was in the midst. The spirit was resting. And we were both set free. Because God is in the midst. He says, you want to play the harlot? You want to do this? Tell you what, there's a city that wants to take it. And the kings of the Assyrians came and locked him up. Now Manasseh, the wicked king, is locked up. But listen to this. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed unto him. Listen to this. And he was entreated of him. And heard his supplication and brought him again into Jerusalem, into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. You know what you do to people who are completely, desperately wicked? You show them that the Lord wants them. Most people who are outwardly showing rebellion inside, they're crying out because they need healing. Whether from abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse. There's people that are broken and they're crying out. And all we're doing is what, what we do here in America is we just take a bunch of, 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 of prescription pills and throw them at the symptoms where when we, when we the church comes in, we grab the sword of the Lord. And we're not, we're not chopping off branches. We'll prune later because maybe the whole tree needs to be dug up and uprooted. See, the church is given the ability and the authority, the power and the love to uproot trees. Because that's how people are set free. You can't just chop off all the branches and then expect the apple tree to not produce apples. It's going to still produce rotten apples, regardless if you cut the branches off. But what you need to do is you need to redig the ground. You need to resoil it. This was a man that was wicked. He did evil, desperately evil and wicked things. But when he prayed, God heard. Not only did God hear, but God moved. And that's what we need to do in this city. We need to hear their cries. But not give them just sympathy and empathy, but we've got to give them something better. We have got to be the change that people want. And if all we've got is church attendance, then something's wrong. We have got to give these people an authority. We've got to give them hope that there is something more for their lives. God didn't just say, Manasseh, you're okay, good luck. No, he brought them back because then God says, I want you to shine now. Nobody is ever too far. They're never too far. And most people that we count away are the ones that God is saying, man, I need somebody just to preach to them, release my love so that I can shine my light through them. I want you to know that I'm not the most qualified to be up here. But Christ anointed me from my birth and I rebelled like Manasseh. I was evil like Manasseh. I, not, I, didn't do, I didn't put my kids through the fire, but I put myself through the fire of wickedness. 
But the Spirit was moving over my waters. The Spirit come move over him. And the Spirit stayed there looking over me. And he says, speak, Lord. Speak, Jesus. And then I praise God that he spoke. He spoke over me. The enemy said, how? And Jesus says, oh, they're never too far for me. They're never too far. He brought Manasseh back. He brought him out of the prison. Manasseh knew that he was God. Verse 14, now after this, who knows after a transformation, there's always an after this. He built a wall with the city of David and the west side of Gihon in the valley. And even entering into the fish gate, he compassed it about in Ophel and raised it up a very great height. And the captains of war in all the fenced cities of Judah. Listen to this. And he took away, verse 15, 2 Chronicles 33, 15. And he took away the strange gods and the idols out of the house of the Lord. And all the altars that he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord. And in Jerusalem. And he cast them out of the city. And he repaired the altar of the Lord. And he sacrificed thereon peace offerings and thankful offerings. And commanded Judah to serve the Lord. The boy was way too far. He was impossible to save. But God is saying now, Mount Sterling, it's not too far. He came back changed. I have been changed. Kimberly has heard conversations with boys from high school. They said, we wanted to come to your house because we wanted to see if this was real. Because I don't care what he posts on Facebook. I want to look him in the face to see if this is real. I'm telling you, I've been Manasseh. I was Manasseh. But God cried out from the cross and said he's not too far. So when we preach this word with boldness and with fire, we've got to realize that the people in our family, they are never too far. The people in this city that we know are wicked, we know that they are never too far. But see, it's more than just coming back to Jerusalem. You got to do some change. You got to restructure who you are. Because we teach people to get saved and say this this prayer, and then we say good luck, but we don't disciple nobody. We don't love on nobody. We don't encourage, and when they mess up, we're like, oh, man, that must not have been real. Tell you what, if God gave up on us like that, no one would be saved. We are never too far, and when we go into the city, when we talk about winning the city, we need to win the city by saying this, ain't nobody too far from my God. And that's how we preach. That's how we move. That's how we love. We love by the extension of saying, man, oh, there's more. Oh, there's more. When I got saved, most church people said he's a lost cause. Some are still saying it. But I found my tribe. I found my tribe where I don't need people who tell me who I am. I already know who he is. And I took down the altars of the enemy. I destroyed the false worship. And I began to worship the Lord. And then now he commanded Judah to serve the Lord. Now we're in the middle of a city and I'm commanding the city to serve the Lord. That's what it's all about. Remember what I said about the end of Kings. It just said how wicked he was. Now look at this. Look at Chronicles. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh 
and his prayer unto his God and the words of the seers that spake to him in the name of the Lord of God of Israel. Behold, they are written in the book of the kings. His prayer also, how God was entreated of him in all his sin and his trespass and the places where he built the high places and set up all, stuff, all those things before he was humbled. See, the end of his life in one book Shows his demise. It didn't show the hope of Christ. Kings didn't show all that happened. It, it, don't, don't let people close your book when they ain't finished reading the pages. Because maybe God's still wanting to write. Maybe he's still wanting to put some dreams inside of you. But it's going to take us realizing that we are never too far. And because of that, nobody in this city is ever too far for God. That's who we are. That's who we have to be. We cannot be a church that we're going to pick who comes in. Because no matter how far or how close at this altar, there is grace, there is mercy, and there is fire, and there is blood. And anybody who walks in that door, I declare it now in front of everybody, has the place to be set free in this house. Every gifting is in this house. And more than that, the Christ who says they're never too far is in this house. Stand with me today.